0: Fuck. <laughs>
1: Dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. So thank you all very, very much for tuning in once again to a episode of the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Everyone out there who is supporting me, who is motivating me, who is keeping me encouraged to, uh, you know, fulfill this, uh, you know, pursuit of bringing you guys great information that's meaningful, that impacts the future, that is about personal and social evolution, and is unorthodox in the com- conspiracy truther world. Because we always have to fight the status quo, and we always have to fight counterintelligence, and uh, You know, counterproductive influences. And one of those is groupthink. One of those is um, the forces that are opposition infiltrating and then directing our thoughts in ways that benefit them to manipulate us and to use our own instincts and our own fears against us. The major trend in the last 40 years of patriot and conspiracy and truther and libertine uh, or libertarian, sorry, uh, philosophy or ethos, you know, uh, the ethos of the the um, radical right, as you would call it, has been the anti-globalist, anti internationalist, anti-cosmopolitan viewpoint. And anti, um, especially large societies or, or think tanks run by higher class intellectuals. These groups have been vilified. They have been accused of everything from black magic to outright control of the world, in many cases, and there are various groups that have been often maligned and hated throughout the years by truthers and by, um, conspiracy theorists and by, uh, alternative radical, uh, thinkers, it, you know, and that is, um you know, it, it, they're all the same, they're, they have basically the same traits, and those are the internationalist think tanks, um, the Trilateral Group, the Carlisle Group, the Bilderberg Group, the Council of Foreign Affairs, uh, or Council of Foreign Relations, sorry, the CFR, um, Rockefeller Trust, Lucian Trust. Um, G8, for example, is oftentimes targeted for mass protest and uh, demonstration against. Um, you know, and, and it's it's absolutely appropriate. That's you know that is if you are opposed to them, if you are uh, idealistically opposed to these groups, there is nothing they do to compromise on their existence. So obviously, you know, you do what you think is right and you feel like how you feel is right, but the point I'm trying to make is some of these groups deserve to be researched and listened to, and they provide open-source intelligence for any citizen intelligence agent, for any researcher out there in the game that wishes to uh, do their own homework and to actually think for themselves now of course it's propaganda of course it's their one-sided propaganda to make their ideology or their idealism um, their their philosophies, their ethos uh, seem attractive, right? and advertise, but it, it's very, very important though to see at least for what it's stating it is and to see for at least what they're working f- and like what they're admitting to that being said, you know rather than hating these people, I want to kind of go and highlight them and and show their at least web pages and literature um, that's easily accessible on the open net um, and to share that you know with everyone and, and in a way of like breaking it down, interpreting it analyzing the information and kind of providing a perspective on it, you know, from where we come from, uh, what we've already researched and talked about, as well as including things within our, you know, uh, thought-making process, our conclusion-making process, um, that is otherwise never included or considered too extreme or fringe for the, the everyday, um, You know theorist or creator or truther you know including extraterrestrials as reality including advanced technologies which are considered science fiction but are truly science fact and are just part of these black budget programs uh, and factoring them into the equation as well as the myriad of other high sciences and and otherwise uh, black sciences the, the top secret sciences that are not you know, disclosed to the everyday person. We factor all of those into the ultimate um answers and, and, you know, critiques of approaches to everything, as well as the occult implications reading into symbolism, etc. So we hope to provide a very unique uh perspective, a unique analysis, even though these things may be open source, they may be public domain. Yes, I'm just going to the Club of Rome website, granted, you know, exactly, I'm being upfront with that, we're just going to read off the Club of Rome website, but many people have never heard of the Club of Rome, many people don't know the implications of the Club of Rome, and many people don't have our perspective, at least our, you know, uh, angle of attack when it comes to learning and being able to learn more about what we already know. That being said, let's do it. Let's get into it. Today we're going to be reading about the Club of Rome. We're going to be jumping into it. The Club of Rome is a very fascinating group in this collection, this alliance of cabal, think tanks, and elite aristocrats, internationalists, uh, business leaders, as well as uh, futurists, technologists, uh, plutocrats, you know... um, and and very much just they're very obscure but they're not because they've reached international acclaim and they've been prominent in the world's headlines since the 1970s now one of the things that they did in the 1970s to get this acclaim was use computers yes in the 1970s they used computers to predict when Mankind Would Go Extinct Actually, specifically, they use computers to predict when civilization would collapse and by civilization, the Western industrialized world because that was the data available uh, to them because of the Cold War. Now, this is 1974, mind you. And they predicted that in 2040, the world, basically a society, a civilization that had that existed at the time, would fall apart and collapse and grind to a halt, specifically because of various factors that would reduce the quality and the, um, pro- I guess you call it the mortality rate. To such a degree that um, that it would absolutely uh, break apart and be unsustainable, right? Things like uh, overpopulation, actually reducing the population because of disease and because of uh, starvation, like resources, etc. Basically, the more people that exist, the decline in the quality of living. And the increase in diseases and famines and things like uh, man-made disasters. Um, and that actually drives the population down sharply uh, after 2040, once it reaches a breaking point. Things like um, pollution, industrialized pollution, creating like such climate change factors and depopulations regarding, you know, diseases. Um, various different, you know hypotheses and or factors that work to this hypothesis that mankind would be destroyed by 2040 so the club of rome has always been the sky is falling methuselan um you know paradox or uh fallacy actually Methuselahan fallacy believing you know, segment of the New World Order, or at least that it's been, it's always, it's mission. It's called the Club of Rome for various reasons, it's speculated, but the one I like the best is that it's the Vatican that sponsors these civilian, not attached to clergy, academics, and businessmen. Now, it's made up of roughly 300 members, and and now this is where I start reading the wiki page and all that so this is a publicly open knowledge if you guys are curious and want to play the home game and everything you can go to wikipedia and look it up club of rome was founded in 1968 at the academia di Lincea in rome italy it consists of 100 full members selected from one second current and former heads of state and government United Nations administrators, high-level politicians, government officials, diplomats, scientists, economists, and business leaders from around the globe. It stimulates considerable public attention. In 1972, uh, report with the Club of Rome, the Limits to Growth. Since the first, oh, sorry, it was it wasn't 1974, it was 1972. The Limits to Growth. Since the first of July 2008, the organization has been based in Winterthur, Switzerland. The Swiss Guard. Their, uh, map, their, their little logo is like, a. Uh, it looks very much like a, uh, representation of the flat earth, uh, by the way. The Club of Rome was founded in April 1968 by Arulio Picci, an Italian industrialist. Arulio Picci. And Alexander King, a Scottish scientist. It was formed when a small international group of people from the fields of academia, civil society, diplomacy, and industry met at the Villa Pharmacina in Rome, hence the name. It's, yeah, it's, everyone has the why it's called the Club of Rome. That's That cannot be just that easy. I believe it's all roads lead to Rome. Everything in Rome has something to do with a Roman agenda. By the way, let me just ask this question real quick. Everyone on the YouTube, can you guys see me still when I switch out the tabs? Um, I think everything still works when I switch out tabs. But if it doesn't, let me let me know just in the chat and everything. If uh, when I switch out tabs, the, the camera you know, quality changes at all or freezes. But I think you guys can still see me when I click out of this, so yeah. We'll keep going. The Limits to Growth. The Club of Rome simulated uh, considerable, pan- uh, oh, sorry, the Club of Rome stimulated considerable public attention when the first report of the Club, The Limits to Growth, published in 1972, its computer simulation suggested that the economic growth could continue or cannot continue indefinitely because of resource depletion. The 1973 oil crisis increased public concerns about the problem. The report went on to sell 30 million copies in more than 30 languages, making it the best-selling environmental book in history. Even before The Limits to Growth was published, Edward Pestel and (laughs) Mahajlo Mahajlo Miserevic of Case Western Reserve University had begun work on a far more elaborate model. It distinguished 10 world regions and involved 200,000 equations compared to the 1,000 in the Meadows model. The research had full support of the club in its final publication titled Mankind at the Turning Point. It was accepted in the official second report of the club was Rome 1974. I was actually kind of right in the beginning. <laughs> That's the report that I remember reading. Um, I was actually kind of right. So, 1974... 1974, 1974. The 70s, right? If you remember in the 70s, you weren't there. In addition to providing more refined regional breakdown, Pestle and Ms. Everett, uh had succeeded in integrating social as well as technical data. The second report revised the scenarios of the original limits to growth, and gave a more optimistic prognosis for the future of the environment, noting that many of the factors involved were within human control and therefore that environmental and economic catastrophe were preventable or avoidable. In 1991, the CUB published the First Global Revolution and analyzes the problems of humanity, calling these collectively or in essence the problematique. It notes that historically the social and political unity has commonly been motivated by enemies in common. The alliance structure, basically. The need for enemies seems to be a common historical factor. Some states have striven to overcome domestic failure and internal contradictions by blaming external enemies. The ploy of finding a scapegoat is as old as mankind itself. When things become too difficult it uh, uh, at home, it diverts attention a- to abroad being the divided nation together to face an outside enemy, either a real one or else one invented for the purpose. With the disappearance of the traditional enemy, the temptation is to use religion or ethnic minorities as scapegoats, especially those whose differences for the majority are disturbing. Every state has been so used to classifying its neighbors as friend or foe that the sudden absence of traditional adversaries has left governments and publics opinion. With a great void to fill. Now, enemies have to be identified, new strategies have to be imagined, and new weapons devised. In searching for a common enemy against whom we can unite, we come up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit that void. In their totality and their interactions, These phenomena do constitute the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, or sorry, that a common threat that must be confronted by everyone together. But in designation, these dangers, as the enemy, will fall into the trap which we have already warned readers about, namely mistaking symptoms for causes. All these dangers are caused by human intervention in natural processes. And it is only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself. In 2001, the Club of Rome established a think tank called TT30, consisting of about 30 men and women, ages 25 to 35. It aimed to identify and solve problems in the world from the perspectives of youths. A study by Graham Turner of the research organization CSIRO CSIRO in Australia in 2008 found that 30 years of historical data compared favorably with key features of a business-as-usual scenario called the standard-run scenario which resulted in a collapse of the global system midway through the 21st century. And so that's basically where we are right now with the Club of Rome, with the actual development and the history, the reputation of the Club of Rome, right? Of course, there's much more intricacies with that. There's much more of the modern day stance within climate change and the protests in Europe and everything, but basically as we are going now into the lockdown, or not, like post-lockdown phase, once that started to recurve, the great reset now is, is upon us, the Club of Rome, their message has been very consistent. You can't consider them part of this new fad of trying to seize public power by distracting the masses with a very uh, false... I guess you would call it, post-Obama, climate warming, or or climate change, global warming um, hysteria. You know, like the Greta Thunbergs and people like that, who honestly, by all rights, weren't alive. You know, honestly, by all rights, weren't alive, you know, to to have been swept up in the um, 9-11 era. And then, uh, so their idea of climate change and global warming was obviously fostered by the the new, I guess you call it, more baseless and actually more hysteric fear-mongering of people like Al Gore and pushed by, say, the Obama administration, where they were telling us that the North Pole was gonna, like, melt and that all the glaciers... We're gonna melt. Well, like um, there are signs, for example, in the national parks. You know, just addressing the stream there are there are signs in the national parks um, that said by 2020, all the ice on the mountain will have melted. And in America, there are parks like this in California, especially and the the Democratic-Liberal states, but the federal government's control of the parks. This was the federal government putting signs up to invoke fear. But really, it was a way of spending funding that they were getting post-9-11 after the trade centers fell, and after the terrorist attack, uh, because the government swelled in size and even the parks were receiving kickbacks and cutbacks but they didn't know what to do with that money so everyone started to literally pay into and promote global warming hysteria and like you know like all the environmental government agencies and this was a way for them to secure future funding and to you know increase their own societal importance and so literally groups like the national parks people would be putting up signs on their glacial parks and their their icy mountaintops in like colorado with like in california being like yeah by 2020 all this ice is gonna melt the world's basically just gonna be consumed by global warming al gore said that by like 20 like 2012 or something, that the world w- sea level would rise, like almost like like, I think it was about almost two feet or something, and it would flood out most of the the coast. And he said that with a lot of confidence, and people were buying it up with uh, uh, what was that movie called? I look it up. Is I look it up? But see, they they people have been saying it since the 1970s. Yeah, what was uh Al Gore's that uh, fucking movie called? Inconvenient Truth. In 2006, he was saying that within six years' time, of him having done the research for Inconvenient Truth, that the uh, the sea level would rise, the Arctic would be completely thawed out, and everything. And that sounds preposterous, but that's exactly what people were believing and people were were teaching. To their children, etc. Which is why I call it the Obama administration era. Because it literally is people who were like influential teenagers back then. Were getting taught that by government funded schools. That, you know, all the animals were going to die. <laughs> because it was going to get too hot. And like they were coming home and then like having existential crises and shit. <laughs> exactly, like having like a fucking crisis of faith. Because uh, they were told that all the panda bears and all the polar bears would be dead in like you know their lifetimes and shit. Lino DiCaprio is making like fucking documentaries and shit. But the Club of Rome has been saying that since the seventies. So we'll get into it. We'll get into it. And this is actually a part of their... Let's see. What what series is actually written under? Philosophy groups? I think it's under written philosophy. They're a non-profit NGO, though. Technically. They're a non-profit, non-government organization. And their base is in Winterthur... Canton, Zurich, Switzerland. So they're all fucking um, ICC'd out, right? We all know that, coming in with our perspective, they're all ICC'd out, because the ICC not Waffen, their bases are in Switzerland. So this is very much telling us the destiny, or at least the old version of the destiny of mankind. Um, I haven't got all the pieces of the puzzle yet to kind of make the big presentation, but I am going to hint that I have a great theory that the way that the world was built and set up for the last uh, hundred years was based on the NotWaffen and their expectations and models for how the human, uh, the human beings, the human race, uh, and Earth would be controlled and divided into the future, and how to maintain the secrecy, and all secrecy is the original so- uh, um, not Waffen Dark Fleet Fourth Reich uh, agenda now that they are gone, now that they are literally removed and, and only a skeleton crew remains in our solar system let alone on Earth um their agenda is no longer going to be used, and so this is not necessarily the truth, this is not necessarily the future, even though these groups, especially the Club of Rome, uh, predicted a certain future that was repeated over time, several times, you know, with greater, greater urgency, um, the reports of the breakdown of civilization by 2040, for example, uh, to be specific, that wasn't necessarily the truth. That was the Dark Fleet not Notwaffen's original plan for how to go about disclosure and the transformation or the evolution of our Stone Age society to a multiple species Extraterrestrial-based society, based on a uh, a necessary list of requirements, including unification of peoples, the evolution of the tribal system into a species system, and then the correction of all pollution slash corruption of the planet. And yes, physical pollution Trash, plastics in the ocean Of course uh, Chemicals in our atmosphere But also the I guess you would call it karmic pollution um, There's Obviously the play, uh, the piece of Genesis in the Bible where blood You know, righteous, innocent blood Screams out to God uh, From Abel after he's Slewn by Cain um, And then that spread across the hundreds of millions of people who have been killed and murdered over the last existence timeline of humanity, and you have the, the monumental task of fixing the Earth's karma. And that can all be done. It's completely possible with organite and with the right amount of uh, you know frequency, uh, recalibration the pumping of energy into ley lines and into specific sites, recreation of new pyramids, for example, maybe completing the ones that exist, you know, re-rebuilding them correctly. Wow. Okay, so let's get into it a little bit more. Okay, great. Let's get into it. Club of Rome. Net zero is not enough. We need to build a nature-positive future. Franz Timmermans, European Green Deal. <laughs> I think you know, it'd just be funny to read that in a very mean way, but it's a it's a very positive message. It's hard to argue against people who want to be selfless and altruistic, even though you can be cynical and argue about the the real life ulterior motives and agendas of people and the the inherent exploitation in these systems and unfairness and the overall impact and damage it would have to traditional say, middle classes around the world and everything. I get it, I get it, I get it. But the Club of Rome, on its face, is a very well-polished, cleverly presented, and expertly presented propaganda piece for what would basically be called the New World Order... You know, throughout the last 40 years of conspiracy world, a conspiracy, you know, uh, broadcast world, or the conspiracy theory community, or the, you know, what have you, around um, whatever we're called, or whatever you want to call us, Patriot Radio, Truth Radio, conspiracy radio podcasts, whatever, um, that these people are the villains. These people have always and traditionally been considered the villains, but without judgment, because they're just one factor into the power structure that we know as the world, the world matrix. Let's just see what they got to say. Let's just read what they wrote down. And let's just click what they have, all the links, and go through the web page, the first page, the home page. Exactly. And just see how that package is presented, because there's no, if really we have learned psychological warfare, we have learned that this is all a game, that this is, you know, we are players in it, we're trying to play to win, you know, right on, more power to us, you know, we can see it without falling for it, so let's see it, let's, let's, let's just look at it, right, so I'm going to be reading the different tabs and everything like that. I believe there's about five or six of them, and I think it should take more than an hour and a half to kind of clear through it. So get comfy, get a drink, get situated. It's like I'll let you you know pause there and everything and go run for it, but remember I am recording, so let's just run through it. Get a good start on it. All right. Five tabs. So, for the deaf, or sorry, for the blind, for the deaf, uh, congratulations for listening to this. I am not sure how you're doing the maybe closed captions, uh, but at the same time, you know, congratulations. <laughs> not, I am impressed. Now, for the blind, let me do a little explanation. And for the, for the blind, let me just kind of walk you through it. Paint a picture with my words. It has five tabs called Impact Hubs. These five tabs, with the accompanying artwork, the symbolic collage artwork, has the titles Emerging New Civilizations, Planetary Emergency, Reframing Economics, Rethinking Finance, Youth Leadership, and intergenerational dialogues. So, which one do you want to get see first, guys? And for the people listening in the podcast, I am asking currently the uh, the live chat which one they want to see first. The first answer will be the one we choose. Alright, we're going to do the Emerging New Civilizations tab first. Starting from the top. Emerging new civilizations, and let me show you guys what we're looking at here. Everyone on Instagram can read along with me, and for the YouTube people, <laughs> I'm gonna. Is what? Hopefully, help a second. This might, this might break the fucking matrix, but hopefully, this could work. Okay, hold on a second. Now, because the YouTube is going to be able to see this screen when I click out with the tabs. They're going to be along for the ride. And hopefully, since the Instagram people are going to be able to see along with it. You guys are watching now? Yeah, you guys are. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll make this work. We'll make this work. No, hopefully. Nah, it's not working anymore. Okay. Well, we tried. We tried. Sorry, YouTube people. Um, once I actually figure out how to get the uh, live stream software up and running where you can like watch two screens at once i want to get that where it's like my face and there's like a little little block here or something and we can watch like the same screen and scroll through it but i was raised by wild amish and and thus you know have to have to learn everything from the start but you know it's it's We'll figure it out. We'll find some, some service to use. But for everyone on Instagram, and for people watching this on Instagram, you're going to be able to see the website. For everyone tuning in on YouTube, go up on top on the live chat, and here, the website link, uh, www.clubofrome. You can follow along with me and play the home game. Like I said, impact hubs. There's five of them. Emerging new civilizations. We'll go back a little bit. There you go. Everyone's gonna be everyone's gonna be no one's gonna be left behind. They go, do I got anything incriminating on my board? Nope, actually not. It's catalogue of UFOs, Eisenhower Treaty. Anyone ever heard of the Club of Rome? Live streaming homepage, club of Rome. That's nothing incriminating, so yeah. Emerging New Civilizations, Planetary Emergency reframing economics rethinking finance youth leadership and intergenerational dialogues artwork's pretty badass I'm not gonna lie Merging new civilizations. A new paradigm is essential to clarify our role as a species within the greater Earth community. Conversations are needed to agree on core values that promote human dignity, respect for nature, and protection of the commons beyond current generations. These would be foundations of a stewardship culture For all we do as a human race. Catalyzing the emergence of the human revolution. (coughs) The Club of Rome is uh, repositioning itself to challenge humanity to rise to its full potential and become good stewards of the Earth's limited resources. Our call is anchored in the need for a paradigm shift in our fundamental belief matrix and the complex economic, financial, social systems in underpinning our daily interactions. We are determined to identify and mobilize those already engaged in the quest for a new civilization to become a part of a network of networks to pursue this vision. Um... A lot of the flack I've gotten in my presentations and in the Beyond Top Secret Texan um, interviews with other podcasts, uh, for example, Generation Z especially, a lot of my haters and people who are the paid shills that try to attack me say my language is too, you know, New World Order, New Agey and everything, and it's absolutely par for course when you speak with educated, you know, intellectuals of means and uh, persuasions, because that's the language, literally, people are talking in now. If you go to any one of these UN meeting conferences, United Nations conferences, or anything like that, the people are using terms like new civilization, like breakaway civilization, like Earth, um, you know, like Earth and... and you know, uh, world-based, global-based societies, you know, digital societies, uh, economically reformed societies, you know, well, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you, you speak in terms that real politicians and real world leaders are speaking in and everyone calls you crazy because they're programmed to believe that that is, like in the truth community you know like they think you're the enemy they think you're like a spy because you're using appropriate t- the emerging new civilizations initiative the ENCI All Right? I've talked about the earth alliance I've talked about the Atlantis rising government new world government um, stationed in Kazakhstan I've talked about a lot of things like this that use these types of you know uh, keywords these types of languages Breakaway Civilization compared to the Emerging New Civilization Initiative Act or Initiative. like That's basically the same thing. The Breakaway Civilization and the Emerging New Civilizations Initiative. It's the same thing. Alright. It... The Emerging New Civilizations Initiative has commenced the reimagination, a reimagining of narratives about Africa and most of the world to challenge the dominant narratives of the universality and Afro-pessimism. The ENCI has also developed the ideas elaborated in the Learning New Ways of Becoming Human discussion paper and a call for mutual learning across geographies, cultures, and generations. ENCI initiated conversation with many individuals and organizations willing to engage in new processes towards global equity for a healthy biosphere. The initiative explored how the transformative potential of learning for collective action could be liberated. Some clear responses have emerged. Many different threads of knowledge are required at the same time. Ubuntu, Dao, and indigenous worldviews are as necessary as the life-inspired elements of modern sciences such as cybernetics, complexity thinking, or evolutionary biology. People who have no option other than to change their future are those who learn the most. The disempowered, everywhere, marginalized communities as well as many youth and women, all of them feel the harassment of reality and are ready to shift and to learn by themselves provided they are allowed to do so. The seeds of equitable human well-being within a healthy biosphere are everywhere, in plain sight and yet invisible. The transformation is, however, not happening in boardrooms or in public media, but in human minds and souls. On these grounds, ENCI has started a program of activities called the Fifth Element, Life of Learning, Learning for Life. As an invitation to collectively dig into these matters and address a difficult question. If the silent melody of our reconciliation with life is already there, how do we make it audible to everybody? To develop the Fifth Element program, the Club of Rome initiated a partnership with the Learning Planet platform a network of more than 90 institutions engaged in new ways of collective learning for better futures. Several learning circles have been created, including the Ubuntu one, to learn from and with Africa. Also, the Club of Rome became a key partner of the UNESCO-supported Bridges Coalition, and of the Jena Declaration, both engaged in mobilizing sources of knowledge beyond disciplines to decolonize minds and foster the cultural shifts humanity needs to escape from exploitation and destructive frameworks. The Human Revolution is the response that Aurelio Pecci proposed many years ago to address the human gap. The differences between humanity's capacity to act and our ability to understand the consequences of our actions. The human revolution is already happening. Read that again. The human revolution is already happening, emerging in silent ways. The ENCI's mission is to open people's eyes and contribute to its realization in a way that is deeply respectful of the human condition and symbiosis with life at large. And that is Emerging New Civilizations Impact Hub. We'll go to the next one. Planetary Emergency... Planetary Emergency We are in the midst of a planetary emergency facing climate, biodiversity, health crisis. By addressing these as one integrated challenge, we can bring back balance between people, planet, and prosperity. Planetary Boundaries The Climate Planetary Emergency Impact Hub aims to ensure that the transformations detailed in the Planetary Emergency Plan are adopted and raise awareness of the need for an integrated emergency response and the opportunity for transformation that emergency offers. First published in 2019, The Planetary Emergency Plan provides a set of key policy levers to address the cross-cutting challenges of climate change, the biodiversity loss, and human health and well-being. Through implementing these actions, we can emerge from emergency and ensure long-term resilience and well-being within our planetary boundaries. For years, scientists warned about the risks of straying beyond our planetary boundaries. The Limits to Growth report issued the first warning about unsubstantiated human activity on our planet 50 years ago. In 1972, its authors made the case that unlimited growth in population, material goods, and resources on a finite planet would eventually lead to the collapse of Earth's environmental and economic systems. Yet it was only in 2020 that the public at large experienced the real impact of the encroachment of humanity on those limits through a zoonotic disease called COVID-19. Living our lives as if the Earth is infinite and shock-resistant as we are doing today is pushing our planet towards a series of tipping points that will become the greatest existential threat to humanity. Decades of exponential consumption and population growth have come to imperil the Earth's climate and life support systems while reinforcing social and economic inequalities globally. The Planetary... The Planetary Emergency Plan. Hold on a second. There you go. Hey. Sorry, technical difficulties there. he's here. This kind of out of here. There you go. Come on, play nice. The Planetary Emergency Plan. Too often, interconnected crisis are viewed in silos when there is an urgent need to address them as one integrated challenge. The Planetary Emergency Plan, which was drafted in partnership with the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research, the PIK, aims to do just that. First published in 2019, the Planetary Emergency Plan provides a set of key policy... Oh, sorry. Wait, no, that's the one I was reading. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I thought I was reading that choice. First published in 2019, the Planetary Burger Plan provides a key set of policy levers to address the cross oh no, I did read that. Right? Yeah, I did. Oh no, it looks like they just well, that's that see that's something we just noticed right there reading it. That they it's two different passages, but they use basically the same wording. The cross-cutting climate change, biodiversity laws, and human health and well-being. The plan outlines a vast yeah, it's right there, and then it's right here on top. Yeah, that's that's exact same wording. So it really is kind of a copy-paste thing, but yeah, I guess that is that's really what they want us to focus on. I guess so. We'll read that again, as it bears repeating. The first published in 2019, the Planetary Emergency Plan provides a set of key policy levers to address the cross-cutting challenges of climate change, biodiversity loss, and human health and well-being. The plan outlines a vision of transformation and regeneration, a roadmap for governments and other stakeholders to shift our societies and economies to bring back balance between people, planet and prosperity, only then can we truly emerge from emergency. The plan is a novel contribution to the emergency debate, recognizing the inextricable interconnectedness of the three challenges referred to above and providing an alternative approach to conventional siloed and sectoral policy action. It combines a focus on protecting and restoring our global commons with implementing a series of economic and social transformations to guarantee the long-term health and well-being of people and planet. Since being launched at the UN Climate Action Summit in 2019, the Planetary Emergency Plan has been infused into international discussion on climate biodiversity and sustainable development and global risks. It forms the foundation of a global planetary emergency partnership and has inspired global campaigns and policy efforts. COVID-19 has further exposed our vulnerabilities and reinforced the case for emergency action. Therefore, the Planetary Emergency Plan 2.0 accurately reflects the convergence of three urgent crises, climate, biodiversity, and health and guides the work of the Planetary Emergency Partnership post-COVID. The Planetary Emergency Partnership. The Planetary Emergency Partnership. The Planetary Emergency Partnership, the PEP, initiated by the Club of Rome, And Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research with initial partners WWF and Nature for Climate brings together more than 350 partners from across the climate, biodiversity, and health communities, including scientists, policymakers, business leaders, youth youth representatives, and NGOs. The partnership strives to bridge silos and raise awareness for an integrated, systematic approach that addresses the convergence of climate and biodiversity and health tipping points. Up the, the other ones, let's get back into the impact hubs. Reframing economics, impact hubs. Wait, why did it click me out over here? Now, reframing economics, it's a going. You can see the art. It has apparently world trade on one side, and natural environment, and um, I guess you call it natural sustainability, on the other, balanced on a scale. Reframing economics. The metrics applied to human and planetary progress must change from the outdated linear economic model that promotes GDP growth at all costs. The economic system needs a greater focus on economic, social, and environmental well being, recognizing a balance between people, prosperity, and planetary boundaries. Beyond GDP. The objectives of the reframing economics impact hub are to push for the exploration of economic thinking that promotes the well-being of people and the planet to ensure a reversal of crucial ecosystems, climate, and social tipping points created by, the human- by humanity's thirst for economic growth. Advocate for a shift from the current system which is based on fundamentally flawed economic theory and indicators promoting a growth-centric philosophy. As stated by the American politician Robert Kennedy in his speech on beyond GDP in nineteen sixty eight the gross national product does not allow sorry, it might make it easier for you guys it highlight it allow for the health of our children, the quality of their education or the joy of their play. It does not include the beauty of our poetry or the strength of our marriages, the intelligence of our public debate. Are the integrity of the public official. It measures neither our wits, nor our courage, neither our wisdom, nor our learning, neither our compassion, nor our devotion to our country. It measures everything in short, except that which makes life worthwhile. Almost 50 years have passed since the launch of the Limits of Growth, report by the Club of Rome. Its key message was that a combination of resource depletion and pollution, if unchecked, would ultimately bring the global economy down. This is the situation today. Meeting the Sustainable Development Goals Within Planetary Boundaries Earth for All is an international initiative to accelerate the system's changes we need for an equitable future on a finite planet, Combining the best available sciences with new economic thinking, Earth for All is designed to identify the transformations we need to create prosperity for all. Earth for All is initiated by the Club of Rome, the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research, the Stockholm Resilience Center, and the Norwegian Business School. It builds on the legacies of the Limits to Growth and the Planetary Boundaries Frameworks. Earth for All will publish a major report in advance of the Stockholm Plus 50 Summit. The report will focus on transformational economies and five essential policy turnarounds to achieve the UN Sustainable Development Goals within planetary boundaries. The Transforming Economics The Transformational Economics Commission aims to provide decision-makers with insights on how to protect the interests of people and the planet, prepare for future crises and build resilience, and transform our societies, economies, and our relationships with the planet. Previous Club of Rome reports have highlighted the need for transformative action providing pathways and urgent actions that are required. The Transformational Economic Commission will take this further and analyze the economic and financial paradigm shifts necessary to ensure the adoption and implementation of these actions across different geographies. At this significant moment in history, Where we see the impact of the convergence of the health-climate biodiversity loss tipping points and the growing existential risk for the survival of all species, the time has come for key system thinkers, economists, and policy leaders to come together as a collective solutions provider for resilience building to future stocks. The Transformational Economics Commission will focus on highlighting the need to replace short-term thinking with long-term policies and systematic change, while considering today's existing policy frameworks and intergenerational inequity. I was going to say inequality. As part of the Earth for All initiative, the results will be published in a report in May 2022, which will include policy implementation scenarios and transformative pathways towards both environmentally and societally sustainable economics. Stick back in. Right now, with the live, real quick, but that is the conclusion of that section for reframing economics. Now, let's see what's going on with the live, both on Instagram. Here, let's see, no one's watching on Instagram anymore. But hey, we had over 50 people check in so far. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. But you know, and let's see, proportionally. I've seen a few of the lives and everything. There's Instagram Live is not a very popular uh, feature for it and everything, unless you've got uh, some boobies to show and everything. So let's see what's going on with the YouTube. Hopefully this is just for my fans who wish to watch these lives, but maybe don't want to use YouTube, maybe prefer Instagram. So this uploads it and it saves it on the page. So it's always nice to have... Archives and backups and everything, different perspectives. So, Instagram live in the hand, YouTube streaming right now. And let's jump, start reading the live and everything real quick before we jump into the last two uh, tabs, and then our little opinion, and everything, and then our, then our the conclusion. The topic, Philip, is Club of Rome. We were talking about the Club of Rome. We were reading the basically the homepage and the many tabs of what they're doing currently. We're studying them because, you know, what they have to offer, what their literature is. And seeing the language they use, seeing the language that they wrap their message in, their presentation um, and everything. And I'm doing my best just to kind of read it off to you guys. JP Official TV says, "Do you know anything about the Soul Machines?" JP Official TV, "Are we human avatars?" JP Official TV says, "Are we only some people?" He like said, "We like to keep our comments uh, relevant to the to the thought processes, the thought train, and everything that we're currently on." So we are currently on the Club of Rome and other societies of the glo- I used to call it the New World Order. That is the Earth Alliance, that is a, a globalist, uh, species, human-positive, planetary, you know, forward uh, group of thinking and everything. So, we have any questions in the Club of Rome? But I just want to read that out loud because I want people to see the kind of questions I get on my chats. And I want people who are listening right now to join me in my future chats and advanced chats. Join me live while they happen. I post... Uh, With very little, like, uh, warning, but I generally post in the afternoons or evenings, sometimes nights, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Now, I know this is Thursday. I know (laughs) this is Thursday. (laughs) So, but Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I had an interview yesterday for a podcast uh, and basically introducing myself to um, incredible people, incredible uh, colleagues in the field um, international colleagues, uh, and so, yeah, a la, uh, um, a la Raw TV, and, um, Creative Society, uh, those, those were, uh, the channels that I was speaking to, I was speaking to Oris and his crew, and absolutely will post those links and everything on my pages, but Wednesday, uh, yesterday, which was, I believe... The ninth February 9th, I did record just not for the beyond top secret Texan channel but I did record so Monday Wednesday, Fridays I'm typically recording I'm typically typically going to go live I'm typically going to uh, you know basically present Monday Wednesdays and Fridays either on mine or through somebody else's today, making up for lost time, so if I'm on another podcast, or on another channel, um, you know, for booking and everything like that, they booked me, they, they wanted me to be, uh, on their show, then I will make up for that day with a solo show, either, you know, whenever I can, as soon as available, right, but I will make up for those, but I promise at least three solo shows a week, um, Plus the, the booking and everything. So let's get back to it. I don't think I have any questions on the chat right now. Really related to this. It sounds like you're reading some Agenda 21 manifesto. Um, well, yes. It is basically uh, the, the Club of Rome. The Club of Rome is one of these think tanks. One of these um, high society intellectual think tanks. That has contact and connection with higher level information, literally above top secret, beyond top secret information. The way they commit their think tanks, the way they commit their, the way they commit their, uh, decision-making pattern, that uh, process, is based on information that's, agenda you know, Agenda 21, globe, uh, G8, basically, you know, project of the 21st century. And the Club of Rome is definitely the think tank. They said for 50 years, since 1972, they've been using computer models to direct the future of the Western world. And absolutely, they've been uh, very influential in deciding how we've gone about promotion of global warming, climate change itself, let alone the ideas of how to correct it, which is another aspect of this. I would like to go into that once I read all of them. That they have plans and methods to correct every single thing that they are pointing out. It's incredible the Club of Rome is doing. So let's see. What is running the planet needs to be wiped out with a righteous fury? Not necessarily. I don't think that's really the case. That we would always need to presume or assume that what is currently running the world is evil. We are currently able to identify and separate evil cabals, evil groups, evil coalitions and societies, but only because of the goodness of an overwhelming majority of the world as it is and the systems that exist, which are ultimately just traditional systems. Really, the so the problem is... Not with who's controlling the world, but with mankind itself. It's a very uh, tricky situation. And people are saying that you have to change the mankind or an evil of the world, and then change something that's truly unique to mankind, like uh, Lath of Heaven, for example, Ursula, like Le, Le Gwyn you know, that the, the narrative uh, fiction where the dreamer can change reality and is manipulated by a well-meaning uh, but, you know, neoliberal type academic who works for the state and is actually symbolic of this type of neoliberal state control. And one of the things that he tasks him with doing is ending racism, right? And, and the way they end racism is by uh, by making everybody gray. Everybody's skin color gets erased and they become this this shade of gray. And yes, you can say that's like a monkey paw, be careful what you wish for type scenario. But absolutely, that's the world that we live in. It's a very much be careful what you wish for scenario. You know, it's the lesser of all evil scenario. Because who rules the world now is not a mystery. The greater destiny of humankind is controlled by the Ashtore High Command, which is ultimately controlled by the Galactic Federation of Light. So, basically, that's a decided question. We are dealing with, though, the petty dictators and tyrants that are abusing the goodness of the majority of humanity. That because people are generally very, very good, that they are able to have power taken from them by the very, very evil. Example, Um, because you are good, you will clean up a mess, right? If you come in contact with a spill or with litter, pollution, you will pick it up and you will clean it up, right? You will improve your environment regardless of the situation because that is the right thing to do. You don't have foolish pride, you will, you know, swallow your pride. You will remain dignified, and you know, you will clean a mess when you see it. Right? Doesn't matter who you d- hit it. You just don't want there to be a mess. You're good in that way. You're you're divine in that way, right? Very good, very good person, very good heart. Evil people will use that fact that you are good and you will clean the mess to never clean a mess themselves. They will then build their entire image and ego and try to abuse you by making you feel bad that you are cleaning a mess that they caused exploiting the fact that you will not pass it up because you are good and that they will not work for that because they are evil and that you because you are good, you know, can't change your nature and they, because they are bad, can kind of, um... And they're in their mindset, exploit you, they're harming themselves, they're damning themselves karmically, you know, it's such bad karma, it's absolutely going to be, you know, the reason for their, their ultimate demise, The higher agendas will punish them, but in this simulation of life, in this reality, this matrix, uh, you know, that's absolutely the case, and that's what I'm saying, that you can be good, but the, we need to identify, the evil amongst us that is making... that one bad apple basically ruined the whole cart. But if you look at the societal structure, we only have one leader per nation and a handful of his advisors and committee members. The companies only have the few leaders and all the employees are the exploited, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, see, like all the governments are evil, correct. But, for example... Yeah, the governments are made of the people. So are all the people evil? And if you, say, for example, invaded a nation and because you considered the, the government evil, would you kill a baby? Because they were part of that society, they are part of that state. And then, of course, if you're saying no because only leaders would cause fights like that, well then, uh, who gets to be the leader if not people who are members of the government, tribes of the government, families, people, right? Individuals. You know, and it's because that the people are mostly good that their leaders actually can become incredibly evil. It's one of those weird, weird uh, catch-22s because then they'll use those good people to benefit to become stronger. Um, See, America, for example, and its great work ethic, the great Protestant American work ethic, uh, that was used by people to build the world's largest war machine the United States military, which is the world's largest empire. Uh, you know, and it's, it's absolutely brutal, and it's hegemonic, and it kills infants, it kills babies, it kills women, it kills children, it bombs weddings, it bombs schools, it bombs little kids and buses. And it does that because good people go to work five days a week like they're told they should, because that pays for the bills that they're told they have to pay and feeds the children that their goodness and their heart live to feed and support and clothe and send to school and all that it's it's absolutely one of those things okay so let's jump back into it and read the club of Rome. We just read The Reframing Economies. We've read Emerging New Civilizations. We've read Planetary Emergency. we read Reframing Economies. Now we're going to read Rethinking Finance. Rethinking Finance. The artwork's pretty dope. I, everyone listening on the podcast, definitely check out the live stream that I recorded for this episode on Instagram when you get a chance uh, ironically, the people on... It, the, the Instagram is the least viewed of the three options I'm going to be having now. This podcast will probably be the most viewed. Um, and it has no visuals. And the YouTube stream will be the middle viewed. And it's a combination of nothing and just, you know, abstract... <laughs> abstract behind-the-scenes stuff. Which I think is pretty cool, at least on that perspective. It is actually like filming the film and record... It, exactly like, and just for the fans at home and everything. Like I'm recording and and trying to get everything down. Like, it's like, like I'm doing my reading and then trying to like film the the screen right here and it's like balancing it all out. Name like the Jerry Lewis. and it's like these rulers of the so-called elites want to kill 7 billion people and and a guy down the street who has no money wants to like you know kill his drug dealer because he would get drugs and exactly human evil is human evil it doesn't matter about if they rule or even have means to rule or reputations to human evil is human evil there's 7 billion uh, people though that that you know will die no matter what then that's the thing people need to realize If you're alive, you will die. No matter what. Doesn't matter if someone kills you or not. Your life is very short. And the way it is... You know, instead of killing them... Worry about how they're going to spend their life. Because every day is going to be literally under the authority... Of the systems that control them. Death would be an escape from slavery... And everyone is enslaved. So that's kind of fun, right? Exactly, that's kind of fun, right? <laughs> and it's not even about so. So the AI is evil. Um, if AI is evil, people have caused all the wars. AI has never raped anyone. People have done all the raping. Men have done all the raping. Women have done some of the raping. Men do more, more of it. <laughs> and, and every time a human is born maybe maybe someone should be afraid man-made horrors beyond our imagination where all of man's imagined horrors are because of men if literally you don't believe in extraterrestrials if you don't believe in ghosts if you don't believe in cryptids or, or or monsters then there's only been men and men are the only thing that exists the only intelligence that exists if you think everything I've said is wrong then men you know are truly the root of all evil all men all people if there's more than two people you have the catalyst for all the world's evils. The eternal waltz. Rethinking finance. The global financial system is currently at the service of an outdated economic paradigm. It acts as a means of wealth accumulation for a narrow elite whilst disregarding the negative externalities of environmental damage and social inequalities. A new, sustainable finance system will be a core pillar of a new economy which serves both humanity and the planet. Rethinking Finance The monetization of all transactions will need to be revisited to enhance the equitable distribution of wealth and ensure broader well-being of all peoples. This means putting conscious effort and science into moving away from finances as a value system benefiting the few to accelerate a move toward real economy wealth creation for the many. Financing Change, Changing Finance With a view of moving the current sustainable finance discussion from surface changes to the deep shift needed in our relationship to money and the existing finance system at large, the new Club of Rome Finance Impact Hub brings together real economy actors, investors, thoughts, and leaders to address core systematic alterations needed to support a well-being economy and balanced with nature and responding to core global tipping points. The Finance Impact Hub was launched on the 20th of February 2020 with a high-level round table at the club's new EU offices, the European Union, housed at Triodos Bank in Brussels. It convened officials with the European institutions, the EIB, the ECB, the central banks, impact investors, finance institutions, foundations, academics, and members of the Club of Rome. Its primary objective was to explore key areas of the change in existing leverage points and commence a co-creating partnership with community of champions. The spirit of the new finance hub is anchored in the seminal report of the Club of Rome. The Limits to Growth 1972, where calls were made for a deep-system shift away from conventional finance models to one at the services of the people-planet Prosperity. A series of publications since have continued to call for this shift. In particular, the Club of Rome's Climate and Planetary Emergency Plans, published in September 2019, calling for a decade of action that will enable the necessary change in systems to ensure long-term environmental and social sustainability. Impact Hubs. That's Rethinking Finance. And the last one is Youth Leadership and Intergenerational Programs. Oh, it brought me to the ink. Internet intergenerational dialogue, youth leadership, and intergenerational dialogues. There are more educated, informed, and virtually connected young people who think about the future of humanity and tipping points. Many want the same systems change dynamics as the members of the Club of Rome and fundamental changes in our current economic, political, and social systems. Youth Leadership and Intergenerational Dialogues The Club of Rome has established a global young leadership program based on three key areas, education, engagement, and action. This approach encapsulates both the value of nurturing future leaders through education, inspired by the Club of Rome's core vision for a sustainable future for humanity and the planet, whilst recognizing that this learning process needs to be leveraged and translated into concrete projects with genuine and lasting impact. Giving a youth to voice, or giving a voice to youth. I'm getting kind of tired, I guess. (laughs) It's like, oof, gotta take a little breath. Giving a voice to youth. Through the 50% formerly the Global Youth Engagement Program, the Club of Rome aims to ensure that the perspectives of young people are heard by policymakers, as well as business and academic leaders. The program is conducting listening sessions to collect the concerns, fears, and excitement of a diverse young generation and sharing this with policymakers and corporate partners at the local, regional, national, international levels so they can better serve a new generation of consumer. The sessions are designed to better understand the areas of concern and excitement that young people aged 18 to 30 have about the future. To date, the Global Youth Engagement Program has hosted 48 listening sessions with over 390 people and have collected over 467 stories. The initiative is run by a collection of young people working in partnership with the Club of Rome and Penn State University's Sustainability Institute. The program's global reach enables its work with additional partners in Africa, Argentina, Canada, Bangladesh, Hong Kong, India, and the United States of America. Psychological Mastery Training In recognition of the challenges that youth leaders will face while also understanding the benefits of developing psychological mastery and self-awareness, the intervention strategy of a psychological skills training program has been proposed. It is envisioned that the training will build emotional self-awareness and intelligence, support and encourage the demanding roles that youth leaders will undertake when acting as community leaders, while also preparing them to manage the distress of climate trauma and vicarious trauma exposure. A er, a 10-week pilot program was launched for a small group of youth and opportunities for expanding the program are being explored. Sharing Stories The 50% are established a digital magazine and a corresponding mentorship program to create an international platform for youth to share their stories through art and writing, while also building upon the skills to confidently communicate about local and global issues. The goal is to empower young people and to amplify voices that are often suppressed or overlooked through the development of an inclusive and diverse community of storytellers. And that is the end of the Impact Hubs, right? But don't worry, because we'll read the publications now, just real quick. Because if you want to read for yourself a little bit more... Check out the publications on the page. Right? Uh, Link for you guys playing the game on YouTube. Playing the YouTube home game. Right? And then... um, Everyone on Instagram, you guys are seeing right now the different publications that you can download. Right? Now, we have titles like Learning New Ways of Becoming Human. Ecological Civilization. From Emergency to Emergence, Anchoring Transformation, Policy Anchors for Ensuring a New European Social Economic Paradigm, The MTC, The Future of the Blue Economy, Integral Investing, Towards New Narratives and the Hope for Fostering Transformative African Futures, A System Change Compass. 21st Century Wellbeing Economics The Road to Recovery, Renewal, and Resilience Buildung, Keep Growing Planetary Emergency Plan Stewarding Sustainable Transformations Sustainable Action, Overcoming the Barriers The Club of Rome Climate Emergency Plan Come on! (laughs) That's what the book's called, come on! Capitalism, Short-Termism Population and destruction of the planet Reinventing prosperity The Seneca effect 2052 Bankrupting nature On the edge The blue economy X-Factor 5 Global population blow up and after Limits to privatization Factor 4 Doubling Wealth, Having Resources The Capacity to Govern The Art of Interconnected Thinking The Limits of Social Cohesion The Employment Dilemma Scandal and Shame The Beyond the Limits of Growth The Barefoot Revolution The Future of the Oceans Microelectronics in society Impact of microelectronics Attentive appraisal of information technology Goals for mankind Mankind at the turning point Reshaping the international order And more And those are free I think most of them are downloadable And definitely available on Amazon Prime. As well as their many different publications throughout history. With the most famous being A Limit to Growth, which was published in 1972. Definitely still worth the read and definitely still worth the review. Now we'll jump back into our analysis view of it, our analysis mode of it. just to kind of address the YouTube chat here, Ryu Gonkev says Terminator by AI terminated sucks and, and I don't know if that's a really a, I think that's a criticism of the Terminator movies if that means Terminated by an AI would suck, absolutely but Terminated by a human being such as a Chinese doctor when you're the third baby being born in a family without the proper license and they just you know uh, get you. I mean because of the two child policy uh, the one-child policy, I meant that that is absolutely a thing, and that's not AI-based at all. That's That was humans who made that policy. Humans did that. Without freedom, life isn't worth living. The measure of the worth of an individual is measured in how much they have fought, damaged, and resisted this slave system. Very ideal. Very ideal. Now, Let's get into the analysis of the Club of Rome and the beyond top secret Texan style. The beyond top secret Texan style is to approach these things from our angle of attack, our very unique angle of attack in which we factor in extraterrestrial realities, advanced technologies and the present political configurations that we know exist in the world. That, you know, sometimes are controversial or even considered conspiracy theories. But we know our fact, our actual geopolitical espionage realities, such as the Club of Rome, being much more than a think tank, being the civilian, academic, apparently youth-centered and indoctrinate or uh, recruiting agency by, I believe, the ICC. The... Interplanetary Corporation Cartel. The ICC, for whatever the hell it stands for, everyone's got a different definition, right? I'll just tell you that right off the bat. Mine current one is Interplanetary Corporation Cartels, right? They are an international, in fact, interplanetary system of mostly industrial technologists, right? And it's like, this is the kind of like when you look at all companies that exist in the world. Jesus, this angle makes me look huge. Cell phone. It's it's clearly a cell phone. The camera puts on 50 pounds. The the camera puts on 50 pounds. Uh, No, the, uh, the international or interplanetary corporation cartel. Industrialists that form these massive fundamental companies that provide manpower internationally able to recruit. They are able to draw labor forces from third world countries while still being operated by first world Intellectuals like engineers, uh, business types, computer types, etc. Um, you know, analysts and bureaucrats, and central, and they have their roots in, say, like the Dutch India Company, the DuPont Corporation, um, you know, IG, Fibor, uh, IG uh, Farben. Uh, these are international companies that already rule pharmaceuticals, they already rule heavy industries, they already rule things like shipbuilding. Um, industrial commerce, and in many ways, the industrial age, right? Everyone from Motorola to Valet uh, Mining, right, from Brazil. This group of companies, which controls literally all of the wealth and all of the industrial and and modern-day business capabilities of the globe, has already existed as a unified group with spacefaring capabilities for over a hundred years. They were the first. They were called the Folic Society. Uh, Jules Verne um, had written about their their exploits. They were a group of British Dutch East India Company. They were a group of British with their roots in a pan-European colonialism dealing with business and industrialization um, group that was Allied with the Notwaffen Third Reich both industrially like actually able to create them and provide them their terrestrial uh, wealth and then uh, continue into a space age cooperation with them being able to build their colonies being able to supply the literal manpower they needed to to actually staff and to keep supply lines the, 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 the grunt work of providing and literally digging out the colonies and the ore and the provisions therein they deal now in a much more advanced way than they used to which was the recruiting of third world laborers for one way ticket missions the genetic engineering of certain of these individuals to promote this human breeding program over the generations that they've been going on since the 1940s and 50s, they've had these colonies, you know, first on the moon, first the space stations, and then elsewhere on Mars, and um, they were the ones basically most responsible for the colonizing of Mars. The ICC, they're basically the majority of all space travel, all colonists, um, all industrial exploits out in an in off-world and That's not a small fraction, exactly. It's a majority of them, by a large degree, or ICC ships that are ships that are coming, you know, in between planets, Mars to Earth, uh, Jupiter to Earth, or Jupiter to Mars, and making that supply line, right? Making that industrial belt. Uh, Most of the colonies are operated by ICC. Most of the colonists are provided by the ICC's cloning programs. Uh, genetic engineering programs. Like I said, now they're operating much more advanced. They're using human cloning. They're using uh, CRISPR technologies, bioengineering, um, to supply their needs, as well as automation, robotics. They have, by treaty, very little in the capacity for military. Uh, Not a standing navy or anything, but they do have their privatized guards, their mercenary fleets, which actually outnumber. The mercenary fleets now currently outnumber the Solar Warden, and the Earth Alliance Defense Force fleets, but not the Not Waffen or Dark Fleet. It's this kind of weird middle ground. Like I said, just by their sheer bulk and by their sheer amount of resources. Um, They also develop weaponry. They develop, if anyone's ever seen the Expanse, they're the ones that are referenced in the Expanse. If anyone's ever seen uh, Firefly, they're the ones referenced by the Blue Sun Corporation you know, yes, you have a politicized and militarized uh, law and order aspect of the space program, but you also have this very clandestine private corporation, the Weyland-Yutani-type realities of the secret space program. That's very much the ICC, right? The ICC on Earth has to recruit not only laborers, not only the grunts, not only the people on the one-way tickets, right? Not only the space truckers, the... the the the, the uh, good old boys and the cowboys and the, the crazy ex cons and felons that are gonna be the pilots to these you know far-off world you know radically isolated one-way ticket type um, uh, lifestyles right and and so if they crash or if they go crazy it's it's literally no one everyone on earth presumes that they are dead or they never even know existed and um, the Leaders, the the people on top, the intellectuals, the think tank people, the people who are going to prepare the ICC's interests, the Interplanetary Corporation Cartel's interests on Earth, on terra firma, are organizations like the Club of Rome, Trilateral Group, the Bilderberg Group, etc. They're the ones who are really... Controlling the industrial infrastructures of our societies now. Like they have been for over a century. They control it as above, so below. As off world, so on our world. When we start colonizing Antarctica, when we start actually expanding on any development, it's because organizations like the Club of Rome have factored in these technologies, have factored in these developments, have factored in this progress. To make sure that it's not going to radically destabilize or harm humanity. For as much as the truth community and its classic momentum and creational psyop has been to educate people to be reactionary, to fear, and to resist all international, specifically all European, contributions and uh, authority in these matters, right, to literally be, to use the American people to be a Taliban-level society when it comes to social progress, being violently opposed to it, and zealously um, fighting to kind of prevent it it from happening, right, because it would, I don't know, diminish some kind of mental image of the world's power structure with the United States is always being universally on type and ethically always correct and ethically, you know, untouchable, unjudgeable. The Club of Rome, because it's putting Africa forward, because it's putting the third world nations forward, the BRICS nations forward, because it's thinking about things like the limitations of capitalization and privatization and monetization of these natural resources, which America, the United States, ultimately depends on Man has depended on it since its first days as a economic empire, as an imperialist empire, right? Manifest Destiny, etc. These are anti-American thoughts, and the whole thing is yes, they are educating and radicalizing populations to be peacefully revolutionaries, to be peacefully the enemies of the United States model, the enemies of capitalism, to be peacefully the generation to transition based on the experiences and the perspectives and the abilities of these BRICS nation populations, the world, from corporate Rockefeller-controlled domestic slavery and the corporate dictatorship system that we have been kidnapped by and that the Club of Rome is really actually the good guy this is a very black-pilled very deep-cut very Marianas Trench level of the iceberg when it comes to the truth, when it comes to this genre of discussion. That the New World Order, the people who make it up, the, the organizations, like the Trilateral Commission, like the Club of Rome, are benevolent, and they actually have our best interests in mind, and they are our best hope at finding some kind of material salvation in this lifetime, some kind of return to utopia, some kind of reversal of the damages done to our environment, to our natural environment, to our world, and to our social world, to our human environment, to our literally our own mental health and our own mental image. Of what it means to be human, what it means to see even yourself in the mirror. By verbalizing, by being able to express these future ideals that prioritize balance, that prioritize a sense of egoless. Ambition. Yes, it's anti-American. Yes, it's anti-capitalist. But it's not anti-freedom. But it's not anti-humanitarian. It's not anti-life. And anti-life is how people should start looking at what is good versus what is evil. That there is an anti-God equation to things. There's an anti-life equation to things. And anyone who focuses on an anti-life agenda at the very end of it, whether it be, you know, um, radical revolution, uh, pro-abortion, pro-war, pro-death, pro-destruction, pro-ending of human life. Right? Ending of systems. We want to break it down. We want to burn it down. You know, the mostly peaceful... Mostly peaceful protesting... That, that everyone was doing... Those last, like, five years. You know, since 2014... Since, like, the Jefferson riots... It's been, like, the attitude. And I was someone like that. You know, I was swept away into war. I was actually volunteered to be in the Navy... And joined and actually engaged in active duty warfare... It was a part of a lot of campaigns. I understand anti-life. I understand that there is a passionate... but a counter-force, an anti-God force inside people. That's not a creative force. It's an anti-life force. It's dark energy. It's a dark side. And as far as I can tell, through my research and everything, as much as people want to hate the Club of Rome... It's, it's a pro-life, pro-futurist, pro-solution, pro-peaceful solution, pro-passivist solution, pro-diplomatic solution. It's something that really has opened my eyes to even people like Bill Cooper and people like, you know, definitely people fucking like Alex Jones and shit, you know, but people like Bill Cooper, the sacred cows of conspiracies and Truth and Patriot Radio. You know, the old-timers, the old-truthers. And that people... rallied around him. Only because he was able to channel into their fears and their paranoias... to exploit their superstitions... to be able to... get some leverage psychologically. But never to provide... Life. He was very much anti-life in that equation, too. He really was. I, I, I will say it, too, that's one of my more controversial opinions, but I'm standing in my truth, 2022, and one of my truths is that Bill Cooper was a dark-energy, dark-sided individual. absolutely and that's differentiate myself from the others from the status quo from the mainstream you know I will go on right now and say that I am actually looking forward to a future that the club of Rome is helping to make I am actually looking to a future where the intellect and where mankind's cunning and his rationale his friendship his ability to extend that diplomacy to make that peace you know to extend that 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 open hand not to strike a stranger but to welcome a future friend you know And to think about the planet, to think about non-human life forms, to think about our futures in the moment, in the present, to not be absorbed by the past, and to not be absorbed or, or afraid or worried or concerned about the opinions, but the results, the actions... That make us human beings is that we'll redefine us. Currently what defines us is everything wrong and everything ill with people. What do you hate is what they they, they ask you, is what in in you know, they might ask you what do you like if they're trying to get to know you, but nowadays people are asking you, What do you hate? What are you against? The anti life? And not what makes you human, what makes you you, what makes you important but also how does that synergize and augment and help out others and in the like it it gives a lot of dignity to the working man, it gives a lot of dignity to the everyday person the real people and it takes away the authority, the false authority that like I guess would classically be considered capitalist, would classically be considered American. The landowner, the the business, you know, middle management goon, the CEO, the suit, the tie, the politician, because it puts the power in the voters' hands, it puts the power in the people's hands, rather than the leader's hands. And a leader then is not a leader, but the people people being led. They switch the momentum. They switch the decision momentum. Where it's their will being done. Not them doing the will of the leader. Once you correct the fundamental issues. That we have begun to identify. What should be our best nature with. And confusing. Good with evil and evil with good. Once we clarify that once we get that very clear across every single strata of society then you would see such radical evolution but also and ironically you would see the collapse of the current western civilization and very much so the civilization that was written that was existed during the time and the Club of Rome wrote its first study in 1972, 50 years ago, that Western civilization, the way it existed in 1970, 1968, when it was first conceived, was absolutely inverse and evil. And it could not sustain itself and would inevitably collapse by mid-21st century, which we are rapidly approaching. The future is now. Apocalypse now. But it's our choice if it's going to be a peaceful apocalypse or hellfire and brimstone. And it's our choice that when that hellfire and brimstone starts to rain... That we're on the side of the saved and not on the side of those that are going to suffer. The blood will rise to the height of the horse's bridle as more than the sands of the seas of the earth array themselves against the return of our Lord, the commander of the heavenly hosts. It's absolutely written and absolutely will come to pass. But the world that survives and the world that's saved for afterwards a closer walk with the Good Shepherd will be a society that has these values and virtues as told from the Club of Rome. This is where I'm going to separate myself from the mainstream of Conspiracy the World Theories, where they are opposed to this and say that the Club of Rome is the Antichrist. I will say it is they who are the Antichrist, who are servants of strife who are celebrators of derision and division who have the anti-life principle who have the anti-God principle and have not truly saved their souls and given up all of that earthly baggage even their ego and identity and taken up the cross And that'll do it for our, the Club of Rome episode. So thank you very much. I hope to go into these different organizations that are typically considered New World Order organizations and help explain, help, you know, create this dialogue, help showcase their writings, that are at least, you know, available and everything for us all to see, as well as providing my opinion. Thank you very much on Beyond Top Secret Text, and you'll to the Beyond Top Secret Text and Podcast. Thank you all very much uh people who support me on patreon patreon.com slash beyond top secret I have a new uh homepage podpage.com dot slash beyond top secret texan so it's podpage beyond top secret homepage for the podcast one site has all the new episodes that are uploaded on the public domain available on Spotify iHeartRadio Apple Podcast All the different casts, all the different break uh, podcast platforms and everything. I'm online everywhere. Thank you very much for supporting me. Those that do choose to support me know that I also got merch. New merch store, Beyond Top Secret Texan merchandise. Just search that up. Whatever engine you prefer and it'll bring you up on the page. Thank you very much for uh, checking that out and feel free to buy a t-shirt or a hoodie. Help support me in the long run. Thank you very much. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Been the Beyond Top Secret Texan. You've the to Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. God bless you and your families. Peace out. <laughs>